0: Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your hosts for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping and breaking down that 3-1 victory against Tigres. And a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by a very special guest who's going to be helping us break down and preview the upcoming game against FC Juarez, which is going to be played on this Friday. But as always, let me introduce my co-host for tonight. It's Brooklyn's very own Mr. AJ. AJ, how are we, my friend?
2: I'm doing good. Just, you know... Just trying to manage life right now, but for the most part, I'm doing good. How about you, Ivan?
1: Good, excited, ready to go. Good to have uh, good to have you here. Good to be able to keep our minds off uh, other things while uh, our nation over here in the United States is dealing with whether or not we're going to have a new president and all that stuff. But at least for the meantime, we'll be able to talk about something that's actually good, and that is Las Aguilas del la América. So... With, the, with that said, do I do want to address the fact that our beloved Cowboy isn't here as he always has. He has not been here for quite a while, but huge shout out to him because he is covering tonight's election over in Texas. And uh, we wish our beloved Cowboy the best of luck. We know that he's been very stressed out over this, but uh, Dylan, we wish you uh, a, a great amount of support for what you're doing. And then, of course. Uh, Christian, who is unable to come because he is in line still waiting to vote, which is weird, AJ, because if, correct me if I'm not wrong, but your guys' bo- uh, polls have closed for quite some time now.
2: Yep, they've already been closed.
1: So I don't know where Christian is at. He might be trying to put more votes in other states, and maybe that's why he wasn't able to be here today. But let's talk America. Let's talk Las Aguilas uh, going up against the Eagles. AJ, are you ready?
2: Yes, I'm ready whenever you are.
1: Alrighty then. So America ended up going up against Tigres in what was a very crucial match for very, very three important points. Because if we ended up winning that game, we would have secured ourselves in the top four spot, meaning we wouldn't have to go through the repechaje, meaning that we would have had ourselves a good chunk of week to recuperate, rest and know at least who our opponent is going to be and not having to go through that repechaje phase, which is exactly what America needed. They needed to get the three points. They ended up getting the three points. AJ, how did you feel coming away after Sunday? this match where América ended up winning three to one.
2: Completely relieved because earlier I was just stressed outside about like how these are going to be, especially with the team that they got. But after seeing the end result of this match, really satisfied. And to say this is one of the match, I'd say one of the high highlights of the season for América as they just proved that these that they were the more dominant side at the very end of the match. The midfield was pretty solid, defense was solid, the forwards well. They're not really being able to get much done, but they did have some opportunities. But I feel like all in all, just this team played really well, despite only conceding one goal. But it was just a goal in the 89th minute in which Degas really couldn't do much left, especially with the late goal coming from Cordoba and the 95th minute. So all in all, I'm just really happy with this result.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to kind of unpack here. We kind of go through it, uh, you know, piece by piece. But like you mentioned, our defense looked very good, very solid um, against a very good Degres side. And then, you like know, you mentioned our midfield looked like exactly what we needed them to look like, you know, closing off spaces, getting stuff going for the attackers, making good movement, making good passes. Um, and then, of course, you know, the forwards, whilst they didn't, you know, bring up a big amount of scoring in, into into the game at least they were there they were fighting they were pushing right not the best game of Gio but I'm not saying that was his worst game either Henry again a little bit under the radar for my liking yet he still had a couple of chances that if you know the referee calls it one way he would have been on the score sheet unfortunately it doesn't fall for him but I don't know. I need him to break that duck. I, I need Henry to break that duck. We'll talk a little bit more about him. And uh, the fact that we're not going to have Vinyas for this upcoming match again will be interesting. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Henry. And then, of course, you know, Ochoa's return back in goal, meaning we had our captain for that night. And I think he had a pretty good, solid game back in goal. I don't know what you think.
2: Just no. It seemed like as if he never lost that touch since he first got injured. So just getting right back into a really important match. Against an important team, against a big team like Tigris in in this season, he's just done really well. It seemed like really, he, like I mentioned before, he lost no kind of touch whatsoever. Was making sure his defense was solid, making the big saves, everything that he's pretty much just been doing. Seeing that as if like he's always been there from the get go. So just really happy to, just to see him back wearing that captain's armband and playing a really crucial role in this victory against Tigris.
1: Yeah, no. So I mean let's talk about this game, AJ. we came a little bit suspected. Uh we were excuse me. Um, we came into this game a little bit um hesitant as to what America said we we're gonna get as always. But it was nice to see that America took the game straight to Tigres. It was straight from the get-go, just go and take the game to Tigres. There was a moment in the first half and where the kind of we let Tigres settle in and they had a little bit more of the ball, and we were a little bit more hesitant, but I think you know, once that period of spell went over, I think for the most part, this whole game, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like this was, and America said that it was just one step above Tigres. I mean, I felt like we had more of the ball position, and even when we didn't have the ball, we closed off spaces pretty well, and I just felt that it was just good movement all around. I'm not saying we had the most round and perfect game, like kind of the scoring will allude to, but I do think that we looked much better than we have in weeks prior.
2: Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Like I was I'm just looking here at some of the stats. Like I feel like the stats doesn't really reflect completely as how America truly played. They only had three shots less against Diaz with forty three percent possession. But oh no, like you mentioned, it seemed like despite them not having as much of the ball, they made the most out of it compared to Diaz, where Diaz had slightly more shots than America, but then it seemed like those shots maybe were in the well best place and it just feel like Ochoa did then had too much of an issue trying to make those saves. But no, just America, as since they had the ball, they already had an idea in the mind of what they wanted to do in order to create a chance to get a shot on goal, which is pretty much exactly what happened um, for us throughout this time, really. And then from just from Digas, despite having a lot of chances, their goal didn't really come through until the 89th minute. So just as mentioned, it took them that long to finally get a goal, and it just felt like the defense all throughout the entire match America was just really solid. They weren't really making much mistakes. We weren't seeing that we weren't seeing that many gaps later on to the match compared to what it was in the beginning. So just no. America pretty much they took the game to Tigres. They knew what they had to do to get the three points and they got the three points that they needed.
1: It's exactly what we wanted to see from an America side that we knew was lacking creativity, you know. And and I mentioned that one of the biggest players to have a game for me against the had to be Sebastián Córdova. talked about this last week. Um, And, you know, to to my liking, he stepped it up. He completely, you know, closed my mouth in regards to the criticism that I had against him. And this is a player that we've mentioned before has the tendency to be a very confidence-based player. And the fact that, you know, he's gotten himself not only these two goals and, but such a well-rounded performance. He's in the team of the week for this past uh, jornada. So, I mean, it, it, all of these things build on this for the player, and I think it's just exactly what we need. And I told you this, AJ, last week, is the fact that Cordoba needs to start going on a good run. If we want to see the best of him for the Liga and you know, I had to start against Tigres glad gladly it did. Now I think it's up to him to carry it and, and kind of move and push the momentum, but not just him, but the team itself in this upcoming game against Juarez, which we'll get to in a little bit later, but yeah, no, it, it was very promising. Everything that we saw out on the pitch, uh, you know, everything that we alluded to actually came to fruition. I mean, what a year that uh, I'm sitting here and I'm giving Emmanuel Aguilera praises for his you know great center back uh, uh, performance and getting that goal away too, which wasn't even a penalty now. Uh, so a lot of crazy things going on, but at least the positive things that we can take away from this game is the fact that America came out, played the game, took the game to Tigres, and because of that, they were the better side, came out with the victory, and I think no one can actually dispute the fact that America deserves all three points. Uh, and then and two from that, uh, something I can't believe I have to highlight, but the fact that we didn't get any injuries aging in this game <laughs> is another good thing. Uh and I'm definitely throwing that in the positive section because you never know at these points. And um it was it was just good to see that uh, this America side perform. And anything else you kind of want to highlight from the team in general before we start talking a little bit more about the goals.
2: Um I was just really impressed with Luis Fuentes just I we mentioned a bit before that um he lo- he was looking like the Luis Fuentes that first came that first arrived in America from last season where he was looking like arguably one of the best signs and not the best sign that we made during the transfer window despite him just being on um, a free agent which is what I like to see cuz we see him pushing up on the field at times where he's getting himself involved in the play making a through ball or a pass to one of the te- or to one of the midfielders so I just really like seeing How Luis Fuentes was just able to just go up as if, you know, what he was doing from last season. I feel that's just what I really like because I didn't mention when he first arrived into this team again this season as a free agent. And I also mentioned that I feel like if he can get himself into a rhythm and back to where he was before from last season. He could prove to be a really key um player into this um in this America team and in defense. And I feel like he's been doing that exactly. And this is a match where I feel like this is where he can start getting a good run for him, considering that he's also playing in a position where he's more comfortable with the compared to the um center back position.
1: No, yeah, definitely. And I think this is a player that again heavily criticizes his return, but again, you know, some of that actually has to fall on expectations as to, you know, this guy has he was a free agent when he came into America right now. And he hadn't been playing since the whole kind of top of the Clausura last season due to the whole COVID stuff. And then, you know, asking him to come back and putting him in starting 11 right away due to on the, kind of all these injuries and lack of depth. And so, yeah, you, he was going to be rusty. And the fact that it's taken him a little bit this long, I mean, it, it just goes to show that, you know, he's at that age where it's going to take him a little bit longer to kind of get match Sharp get that match sharpness but it looks like he's finally gotten to that point where we're like okay this is the least fuentes that we like and this is the least fuentes that we need to continue to kind of continue that good run of form so it will be interesting to see whether or not he can carry that hopefully he does because again is a position that we've definitely struggled for the longest time. And we thought we kind of had that patched up with George, but now we've had to put George on the right because of the whole Paolo Aguilar situation. And again, now we're left up in arms as to who is going to cover that left back position. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not Fontes can continue his good run of form, but it is someone that I do hope does because, uh, you can be very, very vital for us going forward. But, uh, Let's talk a little bit more about these goals, AJ. Because I think you know we don't highlight most of the goals enough here when we talk about games. Um, let's talk about the first one. Uh, Cordoba's little uh, magical touch here to squeeze it past Noel Guzman, which, by the way, huge mistake by the goalkeeper, <laughs> but very, very good uh, in, in, um, in intuitive instinct from uh, Cordoba to be able to sneak that through uh you know whether or not we go and ask about whether he tried that he'll probably say yes we'll never know if that was his true intention but at the end of the day it was a very good goal well how did you how did you look at it aj
2: oh i just loved it really it just reminded me of a goal that i did score against my friends during field day back in high school so just like seeing how that goal was is like hey that looked like me when i scored that goal but no just it was just really nice and to see that how I just like to highlight that Santiago, um, um, Santiago Casas got a yellow carved and right immediately he makes a really great play in which he gives the ball right to Corva, which allowed him to score the goal. Just seeing that goal from Corva, it's like that's the Corva that we like to see. And how you mentioned before, a confidence based play. And with that goal, that definitely boosted his confidence up. And I just loved seeing that, how he scored that goal. What I feel like it looked like it was kind of effortless in a way for him, just like to see how he just scored that. I'm just like, I was just really amazed at how he just scored that um, first goal with that magic touch. And as you mentioned by the mistake made by Nacuelo Usmania, it, it was a big mistake. It just seemed like he's kind of, like, scratching the back. of said, like, how did I just let that um, ball go right in at that angle as well?
1: Yeah, he was trying to anticipate himself a little bit. But the curious thing that I want to take away from this is that, ladies and gentlemen, AJ is saying that he is as good as Córdoba. <laughs> Yo, no. <laughs> no!
2: I s- just because I scored a goal just like the Zamiama is going to score one uh, I'm I'm rusty uh uh-uh. uh I retired at a young age
1: <laughs> well um, it's never too late to put, to strap on those cleats again my friend but uh yeah it was really good goal core uh execution by Noel Guzman for trying to anticipate it but again good uh, a good read by uh by Cordoba. And then from there you kind of see the way that the game transcends and then you think okay you're up 1-0 you're you're looking good although Tigres had a little bit of chances here and there, like go mentioned, Ochoa really good uh really good stops but I don't think any of them were like oh my goodness like I I seriously thought that was going to go in I think you know they were shots and and, and saves that you would expect Ochoa to make um and it was good to see that you know save after save, you saw more confidence building, not just in himself, but in the defense. And I think it's, it definitely helped to kind of, you know, block Tigres out for the majority of time that we did. And then, of course, you know, you move on and, and and the team had some chances, not really clear cut, but we were starting to make a little bit of something. Like I mentioned, Gio wasn't the biggest, you know, like highlight of the whole game. I think Leo was trying to be as as, as much as involved as he could be. I just don't think that actually panned out for him. I think sometimes he was trying to do a little bit too much. I think he wanted to just have the ball, try to make something happen, but I think he maybe got a little bit too flabbergasted by, by the options that he wanted to make happen that at the end of the day, he either gave a poor pass or ended up losing possession or just kind of ended up running into a situation where he really just backed himself into a corner. But again, it, it, it's promising to see that Leo Suarez wants to have the ball that he wants to take players on. It's just the fact that he has to execute it correctly. That's the one thing I I, I do want to be a little nitpicky about, but Overall, I think Leo had a decent game, a little bit better game than Gio. Although I don't, again, Gio didn't have the best of games, but again, I wouldn't crucify him and say that he was the worst player out on that pitch either. Um, I think the substitutions by Bioho were actually good. Um, I don't know if you agree with me on that, AJ.
2: Um, no, all in all, I feel like some of the substitute made they were they were um well done pretty much some of the players are getting a bit tower he felt like there's a needed change that needs to be made right now like the geo substitution we gave to see he bark he went some playing time which is what i like to see because he is one of those players i feel like he can provide some kind of impact into the team consider how geo was having the greatest of games at the time we put him in to give him at least 30 minutes of playtime, which is what i like and then just um the richer um substitution yeah pretty much he was already tired. I feel like it was best for um him to um just to take um some um rest pretty much. So that's when we put him also go inside, which he did happen to play um uh, a key part at the very end of the match. And then we get to see some um, Sergio Diaz action on the field. So I like the substitutions that he um made.
1: I will talk about those last two substitutions in also Gonzalez and BS. But let's talk a little bit about Ibadwin for a second because. I I get it. He hasn't been as active. You know, he had the injury, then he got COVID, and then now it's, you know, little by little you have to implement him. Although it's hard to because now you're getting to the latter stages of the season where now, you know, you should be in game rhythm. But he was just very frustrated. I I think Gio had a much better game than Ibar went in those 30 minutes. Again, that's harsh because, you know, he only has 30 minutes to make an impact. But I don't know, like, I, even when we get scored on, I think Gwen has a little bit of fault in that as well, you know? It's just, I, he, I didn't, not, not the fact that I see him kind of walking on the pitch like Roger does. It's just like, I, I just, and I think the, the narrator's perfectly phrased it. It's, it. I think he's stuck in third gear. You can't really get to that fourth one. I, I feel like he's just very trabado, if I make any sense, you know? Like, he's just, he's trying to pl- press on the clutch and go, but just something's not making it go. Uh and that's the frustrating thing because we know what Ibargüen can do, and um, I, I think Jibran Araija has said it before too on on the broadcast. Is he he, he owes a debt of uh, uh, he owes a debt to the Americanismo community and, and to the fans and to the club because he hasn't been the Ibargüen that we were promised the Ibargüen that was in Atlético Nacional. You know, the, the one that, you know, has shown us glimpses of what he's capable of doing, like, you know, the great goals that he scored against Chivas and, and the great plays and all that stuff. It's, it's frustrating to see, but you're right, AJ, it's promising to see him get on on the pitch again. It's just I need to see a little bit more more fight out of him. Right. Because another player that came in and that thing completely showed a lot of fight and showed a lot of good stuff was Sergio Diaz. Yeah, no, he only no, had no. he only had what like five minutes on the pitch
2: pretty much yeah about like nine minutes but just no it was just really nice to see how like some of these players despite like what the amountments that they're only given they're able to give it their all as if they've been playing there from the get-go so it's just really nice to see that how you get a couple of fresh legs right in and they are immediately just giving it their 110 percent on the field despite what the amountments that they're only given and i feel like with him just only being in that kind of mid, Diaz was probably saying that, no worries, it's fine. I can play these mids that you need me to do. I'll do everything that I possibly can to help the team out, which he was showing fight, as you mentioned.
1: He did. He had a great little, uh, I think it was like around the 90th minute when he just took, he was trying to take the ball to the corner flag and he was like, he took on like two Tigres players and it was just, it was phenomenal. It was great to see. Um, and it's exactly what you wanted to get out of Sergio Diaz after that whole kind of incident where he was, you know, take put in and then taken out in the same half. So, um, you know, props to Sergio Diaz for coming in and and, and doing what he was instructed to do. Um, But before we talk about Oso Gonzalez and the great pass that he gives to Cordoba to make that, you know, third goal, let's talk a little bit about the second goal that was kind of called back by Henry Martin, of course. Gets a nice little chip over, dinks it off the post. What looks like to be hits the ball, the ball hits the post and then crosses the line Although it's not a hundred percent sure. Referee calls it back, no goal. And AJ, we're not here to dispute referee calls, because at the end of the day, they are what they are, and nine times out of ten, they hardly ever get called back. Just quickly, was it a goal to you? Do you think that ball crossed the line?
2: Yes, it did. It was a ball. it was a goal to me.
1: It was a goal to you, it was a goal to me, and I think it was a goal to a lot of people listening to right now. But unfortunately, they didn't get called that way. So in that moment, I, I had a little bit of panic in me because I thought, well, you know, we were playing good. We scored this goal. The team just thought that they scored this goal. Henry finally breaking this duck. Like things are looking on the up and up. And then I think then I see the goal, the goal called back, and I'm thinking, okay, what is this gonna do to the team morale? What is this gonna do to kind of the mental aspect of the game for our player, for our teams? And I was surprisingly shocked to see that this America side was not phased by it because in other times I feel like America when you know referee decision doesn't go their way or we've seen a red card go or an injury you just kind of see heads go down and they aren't really the same team from there but they kind of just progressed from that they said okay that's fine and they went on and they went to go score the second goal um I, I don't know what would you think about this team and the resilience to be able to come back and fight and then find the other goal
2: No, I just liked that. Just just because um, a goal got called off, not everyone needs to get upset. It's like, okay, that's fine. We're going to get that goal back. Surely, it did take some time for that second goal to come in, but hey, they got the goal, and that's what mattered. What what was even better was they were able to help help hold on to that lead for a a while until we got the second goal to go in. So I just liked it. It's like one of those instances, like if a red card's being goal, will the team's morale go down? Or if the team happens to score, the other team happens to score a goal, and maybe there's like an offside position where the defenders and everyone else is raising their hands. You just keep playing and playing. Just wait until until something is being called. So I just liked how they weren't gonna let something like this um bring themselves down, especially with Henry. Henry was finally gonna break that um drought of goal scoring. But hey, he still gave it. He still tried to give it his all and try to get himself more opportunities to try to get the goal back. Sure, it didn't happen for him. But it seems that ha- um, his teammates did score, so that was all that mattered. That how this Ahmed Gheftee kept fighting and fighting and not going down.
1: Yeah, that was very good to see the resilience. And now let's talk a little bit more about these two goals that come. Uh, we alluded to the th- to the second one that is scored by Manuel Aguilera, but it's a great, great cross from uh, Cordoba. Great finish by Aguilera as well to head it. Um, and again, it's Cordoba coming up. You know, big, big, big moment for him to be able to cross in and get that assist. And then, of course, for, uh, once also Gonzalez comes in, he puts a great ball into the path of Cordoba and then chips it over Noel Guzman and does what Henry couldn't do, and that's get it on target without hitting the post. Um, and then you see, obviously, the fact that, you know, it goes in. Cordoba doesn't even celebrate. He just cold blooded out there saying, look, pointing at me through the screen, saying, look at this, Ivan, try to critique this. And you know what? Hands off, hats off. Credit to you, Cordoba. You've done what you did. And uh, little by little, you are shutting me up. And that's exactly what I want, AJ. It's exactly what I want. And this is what I've been calling for in regards to Cordoba. And to see that he's finally doing it. Really, it's amazing. And then the best part about this is that he wasn't even playing in that cam spot for the majority of the game. He was out on the left. And the one thing we've criticized him is whenever he's out on the left, he tends to just kind of disappear at times. But he's very active. Uh, he was very involved. He was doing a lot of the you know dirty work, going back, defending. But he's also being very creative as well. So really, really good round game by uh, Sebastián Córdova. So... I mean, anything else to add on in regards to this America Tigres game? I think we've talked about the goals, we talked about the players, and anything else that's just kind of stood
0: out.
2: Um, I like to say for Cordova, um, I talked with Brian earlier on Twitter and I like to say I call him this um nickname, the Swiss Army knife. And we both agreed that's gonna be his name because just he was <laughs> able you could he could score goals, he could run, he could dribble, he can cross, he can do all these things. He he even gave the assist to Emmanuel Aguilera, which is a uh, well-placed um, uh, corner kick from him, which Emmanuel Aguilera heads it, and then does an amazing chip, game the through ball from also Gonzalo. So I just really loved seeing how gordova when he was playing on the left wing, as you mentioned, there's some times where he does have him to show, and I think this game kind of just like showed that he was doing great in that position. Now, consider how he could play on both sides of the wings and in midfield, except for starting defensive on mid, I pretty much could say. He, I feel like if he can have more games like this, I feel like he'd be an all, he's pretty much an all-around midfielder for us and an all-around really great player.
1: Well, then he's just been baptized the Swiss Army knife here on the UI podcast. But yes, Cordova, very good game. Um, just a very well-rounded game by the majority of this team. Again, some players just not up to par and, and you know, Naming, naming Gio and Henry just for these kind of situations, but again, it's not the worst game of their of them either. It's not like they were just not doing anything; they just kind of were a hundred percent in, in in the moment. But um, I, I think that pretty much wraps it up, Dylan. I'm, I'm Dylan. Excuse me, <laughs> AJ. Sorry, my friend. Um, three important points, like we mentioned, secures our spot in the top four. It means that we don't have to worry about the repechaje. Um. I think there's a huge sigh of relief when the final whistle blows, and you think, okay, <sighs> that game's done. We got the three points. We secured our spot in, in in the top four. Now it's, let's take a breather and then let's start training and focusing on the big game go, uh, on this Friday against Juarez.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it.
1: Well, as like we mentioned, huge three points for America. Now we're going to ship our attention over to the upcoming game against. FC Juarez and of course we're joined by a very special guest and we will add him to the call in just a second but I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you guys by Foot Cult. if you guys haven't done so already make sure you guys go check them out footcult.com you guys can check out some of the great stuff that they're uh, that they already have and some of the great stuff that is going to be dropping very very soon let me tell you guys what they have previewed to me I'm just saying it is astonishing so make sure you guys head over check them out Follow them on Twitter and uh, use our discount code EEP at checkout to get anything on the website and get 10% off. All right, AJ, ready to welcome our guest?
2: Yes, I'm ready.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, coming back and making his return to the Eagle Eye podcast. If you guys will gladly give a round of applause and welcome Mr. Edward and from the uh, Caballos Juarez, my good friend. How is it over there in El Paso?
0: man it's uh it's going good you guys hear me fine
1: i hear you fine you're great you're good and uh welcome back to the podcast my friend
0: man thanks thanks for having me back it it caught me a little by surprise but since since usually we play a little bit earlier in the season but uh looks like we're going to close it off uh against each other and just happy to be here and, and happy to talk some soccer
1: definitely going to be an interesting one. You guys have been on a quite quite a good run, I would say. I mean, you guys got a result against Tigres and then this last week. I mean, I don't know. I it's it's I'm a little worried about this game. I mean, granted we we've, we've gotten ourselves a a top 4 spot, but again, you are going to finish as high in the table as possible. So, it's going to be an interesting one to be able to close out this one against Juarez, which, you know, it's it's a road game and it's at Juarez and AJ, you know that our road uh, we haven't been the best on the road sometimes, and uh, Juárez has never been an easy place, so uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit up in the air. But uh, talk to me more about your uh, your your caballos.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, we've had a, a really uh, weird season, and uh, compared to you know last year when we were having a pretty good run before you know everything happened and i think this year we've just been plagued with with a couple losses covid related a couple injuries uh, i think honestly for us that things that the thing that that's kept us afloat is is one man and we all know who that man is and it's Darío lescano but oh, aside, a, a, well, yeah no i mean <laughs> no. he's uh, I, i'll get to him i'll get to him right now um but i think you know we've had a lot of rotation in the squad obviously we haven't really Usually Caballero likes to stick to one start 11 for most of the season. And this year he just hasn't had the opportunity. Obviously he has a much deeper squad this year. Uh, maybe in ways that that other teams would, would like to have that deep of a squad. But it's been just a weird year. Obviously we won against Querétaro, but it wasn't convincing. We tied against Tigres. But then again, it's one of those where I, you just, you're just, for example, the game against Tigres for me was like, okay, we can build on this. And then we play against Querétaro and it's like, Mm, like, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't look that great, but you know, at the end of the day, I th- when, when you guys, uh, when I logged onto this call, but people couldn't see me three points is three points. Right. And, and you take them whatever way you can. And especially in our case right now, where against you guys, we, it, it depends on us if we want to get that repeat. If we win, we're in, if we're out, we depend on other teams. And at least in my experience and and my preference is Take care of your own stuff. You know how Marshawn Lynch says, take care of your chicken, right? <laughs> like, you got to take care of what you do and and and, and not worry on other teams because then it just becomes a whole, oh, we could have done this, we could have done that. No, go get the three points and win. So I definitely see we'll see a very motivated side on Friday. And we'll also see Marco Fabian back and a couple of players who were, you know, sidelined because of COVID.
1: Should be an interesting one. Like I mentioned, yeah, I, I think um... – I think you guys are definitely not an easy game by any means necessary. And especially when you guys are in your own home territory. You know, I I think in America, America knows this. And and I think they'll go as well prepared as possible. But you mentioned that, you know, you guys are going to be motivated. You guys definitely want to take care of your guys' own situation. Get into that repechage, you know, clinch a spot in the playoffs uh, from there on. And I think America needs to focus on, okay, so what can we do in order to secure our spot even higher in the table? And they know that momentum is crucial. They know that momentum is key and they want to ride on what they just did against Tigres. So I I expect both teams coming out very positive, which I mean, could allude to a very promising game on Friday.
0: I was going to ask you, do you expect uh, America to come out with uh, full force or maybe do you expect Piojo to kind of maybe save some of those guys since they already locked up those top four spots. I know it's something that uh, maybe he's he's done in the past to, you know, when we were playing in the top eight, but is that something you expect or, or something we should be looking out for?
1: I'll, I'll let AJ answer first and then I'll kind of build on what he says.
2: I feel like in this case, yes, we secured the top four, but I feel like we kind of want to, Keep the players like rhythms going. It's like one of those instances where I feel like you shouldn't really then allow like okay, it's a team where they're not doing all so good. But then when we look at the past records that we played against FC Guas, this is a team that we've always had problems with. So I feel like in this case, still go with your with your best starting eleven. Maybe take a player or two out of the positions. Like let's give this other player a go and see because we want to keep everyone in good rhythm. We want to throw a completely different um starting alum like a second team that's gonna maybe throw off the whole rhythm, especially considering that now that they they're gonna have the repechai and the league is being played, which some um those teams secure the top four be having breaks. So it's this thing is just still put your best team in there. You want to keep that um the rhythm going, everything flowing for America.
1: And exactly on what he was saying, I think Piojo even alluded to that, saying, look, we've gotten the results against Tigres, but we know we have a very important game against Juarez. And he wants to build on that momentum. He doesn't want to let it go. He knows how important this is, right? He's a very veteran manager when it comes to the ES. So he knows what works and what doesn't. Um, And to be quite frank, honest with you, I don't even think we have the squad depth to be able to uh, put on a whole different starting 11 without having to repeat some of these starters. Um, But uh, I think what AJ said perfectly sums it up. I think uh, he will come out. He will keep that momentum going. If anything, just two changes. I mean, I could see Sergio Diaz probably getting a start to get a little bit more game time under his belt. Maybe even Iwata win. Um, but, you know, those are, those are big ifs. I, I, I do think he wants to completely gel this team because, look, at the end of the day, you only have one real true game under your belt to really try to get what you want out of this team before you head off into the playoffs. Because, I mean, granted, you have a great break and you have a lot of rest and you're going to get a couple players back from injury. But nothing that... Training doesn't substitute an, an official match to actually put, shell everything together. And mm-hmm. so I think that uh, he, he definitely want to keep everything. Which, I like I mentioned, will allude to are probably a really good back and forth game is what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, I feel like that that was just one thing I wanted to keep my eyes on in terms of our chances for getting in. Cause for us one or two changes, that's, that's enough to uh, maybe make a change with some of the quality players we have in some positions in Kate. And also with, you know, some of the players that we're getting back, like, like I mentioned, Marco Fabian should be back. He actually, you know, a couple, maybe about hour and a half ago, released a video saying that uh, ready to be America on Friday. Like, you know how he is. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, who else are we getting back? Oh, we're getting back Culebra, who's a very important player for us, Eddie Castillo. Uh, I don't know if he'll start right off the bat, but he's one of those guys that coming off the bench can, can really change a match for us, like he did earlier in the season. But, uh, you know, during, you know, like I, like I alluded to, that depth that we have just allows, and then Caballero kind of like not finding that starting 11 that he wants to work with has just really led to a lot of moving and, and, and changing and try this guy here, try this, you know, out of position type of stuff. So it's uh, I was just curious because you know I really want to get in, and I really want America to be as, <laughs> as 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 uh, as low in quality as they can be. Even though you guys have some great players in every line.
1: Well, I mean, you, you're talking to the originals, uh, to the original people of putting players in the positions that they don't belong to. We had a left back like, playing <laughs> center back for like two games in a row. Um, so it, it's gonna be a promising game. I, I will say this much, right? And you know, it, it should be quite the spectacle for a Friday night which should be, I think, um, a good game over there down in Juarez. Um, I mean, he, he, it sounds like you guys really want this, you know, and and you guys have the players for it. So I I don't see how you guys don't come out as. Um, it, it, I do. I want to ask you this though, which I, I will very interesting at, at least for what your response is going to be. But how do you think Juarez plays against San How do you think Juarez not just lines them up because I'll, I'll ask you for your predictive lineup in just a second but how do you think tactically speaking they go and approach the game from kickoff
0: yeah it's weird because you know caballero has this sort of molding uh ideology in terms of game right you'll we'll have games where for 20-25 minutes we'll dominate possession we'll take it to the team and then we'll have you know spurts where you know we stay back we 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 set up our four four defenders, our four midfielders, really clog up that midfield, and then kind of hope on, all right, all we got to do, get a stop, kick it out to Lescano, he'll hold the ball, and while he holds the ball, you have players like Rayo Fernandez, Eric Castillo, uh, Marco Fabian, Flavio Santos, you have those guys running the wings, and then you build a counterattack. For this match, though, I feel like he's going to go with the game plan he went with Tigres, right? Where... At the beginning, it's like a boxer. You have to take those hits, right? You just have to take those hits, cover up, don't get hurt too bad. But once you get to the fifth, sixth round, and in, in in the case for us, it'd be the last 15 minutes of the first half, last 20 minutes of the first half. All right, like, other team's tired. Let's start building possession. Let's start moving it around. Let's see what we can do. And that's something I anticipate we're going to do more, uh, not only more, but more effectively, because we have a player like Marco Fabian back, right, where you can put him in the middle role, Right, right behind Lescano, and kind of let him play, right, have him come mm-hmm. to the side, pick up the ball, change it, go over, you know, kind of you know let him get into that creative playmaker role that maybe we haven't seen from him in the past, but it's definitely something that at this point of his career he has to uh you know take more head on since it's just you know his athletic abilities and where he's at, so I definitely feel it's going to be like you said, an exciting match going back and forth a lot, but I do expect that if we get to like you know, the 60, 65th minute and we're tied or you guys are up, you know, you're going to see Caballero go with the Mexican saying of toda la carne al asador. You know, he's going to try to go with with everything because in, in prior games, he usually waits, you know, 80, 85th. But since this game is one of those where, hey, when you're in, he's going to try to do it from the get-go. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes with a much more uh, audacious starting 11 from the get-go just to get that, you know, maybe starting with two, uh, two strikers or or something different like that. But I definitely see this as a match where we're going to take our hits just because America is a, is a great team with a lot of great quality players that you have to respect, but that eventually we'll start settling in and maybe taking that that uh, attacking uh, mentality and and then settling into it since we are at home and since it's a match we need. Interesting. Okay,
1: I, I I personally thought maybe Juarez, because of this pressure to get the result, would actually try to bring the game straight to America, which you know would 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 have definitely been a, an interesting kind of thing to see. Whether or not it, it happens, we'll have to wait and, wait uh, and see on Friday. But AJ, hearing all of this, um, I don't know what's what's your take on this, and and wh- whilst you also answer that, give me a, an answer to this question as well. Is Knowing what we know now about Juarez, what, you know, we, we just heard, how do you feel America then go and plants themselves? We know how important America, uh, how not how important, but how much they like to get that early goal and how much that can build on this side. Knowing that we're going to be able to maybe get a good, you know, looks uh, looks at goal. How does this paint for America on Friday?
2: It's hard to say, because just hearing how Juarez are going to play with the idea of them taking a few hits, I'm thinking we could take advantage of that. But then at the same time, it's if Juarez can take all of those hits and nothing's going out for America, at some point, FC Juarez is going to strike right back, either get on a counterattack or just catch America by, by complete surprise and then just score a goal. Because we have seen from time to time how America always just seems to struggle against FC Juarez. If we go back to, like, to the Copa, Emaekis, where they knocked us on penalties, how we beat them in the final, but that was only to a 1 0 goal, which you scored by a penalty. Then, when we're going in the regular season, we, if I'm not mistaken, the last time we tied 1 1, and then the last, which I think it was a year or last season ago or so, we lost 3 1 to FC Hawass. It's one of those things where it's like we have an idea to how FC Hawass are going to play. We know that the position that they're in and what this game means to them. So it's at this point that I feel like America needs to do their very best just to simply just get themselves in a more comfortable position. Yeah, we secured our position in the top four, but we want to make sure we keep it that way. At the same time, for a team like for a team like FC Choirs, I feel like America really shouldn't get themselves completely distracted because no, if it's gonna be another one of those games where FC Wise are gonna be taking the game to us the while America are gonna be doing the same thing. It's gonna just feel like who can get that first goal um first goal in because then I feel like from there that other team might be the one that could try to get things going like last time we played we lost three one we um we scored first and then as soon as we got the red car and then FC wars make the most out of it, plug gets open for them and then they just start scoring going on us left and right. So I just think in this game, America just needs to be really careful about how how FC wars is gonna play because I say you might throw a couple of surprises that we have not seen before concerning how much squad depth there is with this FC Juarez side. So it's one of those things like just really keep on the lookout for some of these players and just be very careful when they're approaching us. Like I mentioned, we can keep knocking on their door, but we can't seem to knock that door down. They're just going to do it right to us and just catch them when we least expect it.
1: Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I, you know, Juarez has definitely quality players that can really, really hurt us, but And Like you mentioned, though, I think the biggest issue would be if America does get these chances, they knock on the door and nothing seems to be going in. I fear what is that going to do to the morale of like not just the players that are missing, but the whole team as a general. And they're thinking, well, it's going to be one of those nights where just nothing goes our way. And that kind of just kind of plays back on everything. But. It will be interesting to see how both teams set up, and uh, this is like uh, exactly what I why I want to ask you, Edward. What do you think your predicted starting eleven is going to be for Friday?
0: Yeah. So just based off what you got, you both of you guys said, you know, the game against Querétaro, the game against Tigres, uh, that game showed us that all we need is one opportunity. All we need is one. All we need is one ball to Lescano. And let him see what happens. Either it could be, for example, with Queretaro, it could be off a set piece where, you know, send all your men up and, you know, see what happens. Or with Tigris where get them on a counterattack, give them the ball inside the box and let them go to work. I mean, he's proven he's one of the best strikers in the league, right? So that's kind of one of those things where I'm like, you know, you guys can keep banging on the door, but all we need is one. And all we need is one while we're 0-0 or 1-1 or or tied, right? Because I think one of the things about us is that we start kind of maybe getting a little bit too frantic when we're down, right? Maybe leaving open spaces behind, leaving open holes, uh playing a little bit wider because we want to go get that result. And and that's even more the case with, you know, the stakes that this match carries. Uh in terms of starting eleven, it's gonna be interesting to see what Caballero decides to do because we are, you know, getting back those players that, you know, were out were out because of COVID. And as in terms of what the social media account has shown us, I haven't seen if those players have actually resumed training yet. You know, Marco Fabian, for example, he was very active on social media throughout his whole COVID thing. And he was working out at home and everything. But like you said earlier, right? Practice sessions don't really equal game, right? Actual game like reps, right? So it's going to be a thing where does he start them? Does he not? Does he bring them off the bench? Do you go all the way ahead? What I can say is we'll probably go Palos goalkeeper, I think our back four will repeat, which will be Alan Mendoza, who played a long time in uh, Pumas. And then we'll go Edgardo Marin, (laughs) Chivas player, former Chivas player. And then we'll go uh, Gustavo Velasquez, who's who's been with us since we got to uh, Liga MX. And then Luis Lopez, Cholo Lopez. And then in the midfield, I think it's where it gets interesting, right? Because Esquivel picked up a red card against Querétaro, so he won't play Uh, the past two weeks. Uh Caballero has gone with the young guy we we uh signed from Dorados, Francisco Contreras, but he's been he's been kind of shaky uh to say the least, and we are finally having Triago back healthy. So I I, I think it would be a, uh, a deal where we see Intriago Contreras or Savala, who's coming back, Jesus Zavala from Monterrey, Intriago Zavala. And then you know, and then you get to your three attackers, right? I think we'll probably see Flavio Santos start, Rayo Fernandez. And then that's you know, that's where you get into the question. Do you put in a Marco Fabian, right? Right from the get-go. Do you go with Eddie Castillo, right? And then play Flavio Santos behind Lescano? Or do you play Eddie Castillo and Marco Fabian and then Rayo? Right. It's one of those things where uh it'll be different. The past two weeks, he he actually went with a second nine, which was Victor Manon, who who played really well in the in Ascenso, right? Mm-hmm. I don't foresee that happening just because it, it hasn't really worked out with that second nine. So I do think he's gonna go back to having those two. Outside wings with having that 10 play behind Lescano, which hopefully is uh Fabiano Santos and then of course, you know we get to our striker and that's Lescano that's undisputed of, of all the ones I can confirm to you that are starting it'd be Lescano and palos every everything else is movable, but those two i can I can guarantee
1: all right well I mean it it promises to be a very, very good start eleven from your guys' perspective a j just besides Lescano, another name that pops out is uh, out from that. Uh, lineup Then you're just thinking, okay, they could definitely cause a, uh, a problem or two?
2: Um, I want to say Magnon, but then you said he may not start because I did look him up quickly just because he used to be in Tlaxcala FC, which is a team that I do support. So I was like, this guy actually has some pretty good stats from the incentive, but this is the Liga Mekis. Those are two completely different leagues that how a player can perform. But I feel like just hearing how nine of those players are interchangeable pretty much, it's making you wonder, Who's gonna really be Daniel? Who is not? Because, like I mentioned before, Estoroz as could throw us a complete curveball. Where, like, um, okay, what's happening? Like, what's what? Well? We know Lescano's already deadly enough. He's one of the scary. He's a key player in the FC Barcelona that's been leading them to fight for the Repechaba. Just then, think about. I don't know. It's hard. I got, I already know guy's a dangerous player, but just trying to figure out who else can be dangerous in that in that starting at um, 11.
0: Yeah, I forgot to mention like Martin Galvan. That's another guy who's pretty good, who came over from the second division in Spain, who we've actually brought on as a sub against Querétaro and Tigres. That's another guy who can play right behind Lescano and kind of fill that same role that Fabian fills, right? It's just... It's a lot of interchangeable pieces and it's a lot of what what is it that we're looking to do, right? Or or what is it that he's trying to accomplish with the lineup?
2: Yeah, no, I feel like maybe players like Ale Mendoza can be um quite dangerous because he was a player that played in Pumas, was a solid player at his time over there before he um before he made his way to FC Juarez. Yeah, Flavio Santos, he seemed to be he seems to look like um a decent child for this FC Juarez side. So just I guess those are some players I can think of, and I feel like Manion. Who knows if he does happen to get the sir, but as you mentioned, or maybe he may not. But if he does, me he might surprise me. He could finally get himself his first goal in the first division for um FC Juarez. So that's who I got for me to for. I say for America to look out for.
1: Well, that will be interesting, but let's talk a little bit more about how America might plant themselves, and let's talk Star 11 from our perspective. We reached out to our Star 11 guru, Christian, who for some reason is in Wyoming trying to put in more ballots. I don't know what he's doing all over the state, but he has uh, he has told us that uh, America would probably repeat the same lineup, and uh, I mean, goes back to the set, to the first question you kind of asked us, uh, whether or not we were going to rest players, but it doesn't look like this is going to happen. It looks like America's going to come out with the same starting 11 which AJ, would you uh, gladly read out to us the formation and the lineup that we used against Tigres, which we'll most likely be using against uh, Juarez.
2: Mm-hmm. So we're going to go with the four We'll be having Guillermo Ochoa as our goalkeeper. Right back is going to be Jorge Sanchez. Our two center backs, Sebastián Cáceres, Emmanuel Aguilera, Left back is going to be Luis Fuentes. And in the midfield, we're having on the left mid side is um, Sebastián Córdova. Two center midfielders are going to be Santiago Cáceres, Richard Sánchez. On the right mid side, it's going to be Leonardo Suárez. And up front, we're going to have Henry Martin and Giovanni Dos Santos.
1: Yes, and a quick update for all of you guys. Um, Federico Viñas is still out because of COVID. He uh, he will be... Probably yeah, he'll definitely be back for when the starts. It's just, you know, he wasn't able to, you know, he wasn't slot on. He wasn't able to, you know, beat it right away. Um, so he's he's still out. Uh and also a little bit of news in regards to the club. he looks to be in a very promising uh position in his rehabilitation from his injury, and looks like he might be back for um the later stages of the Ligia yeah, if we get that far. And I know Miguel Herrera has confirmed that already. But same lineup, same kind of idea, I would imagine, A.J., as we were going up against Tigres. How do you think Pio Herrera plans his players to go out and try to get the victory? We know we got to take the game to Juarez right away, and we know that we got to build on this momentum. Is there one thing or one player in specific that you just think, okay, from the get-go, you just kind of have to go and, and, and just start producing for us?
2: It's between Gordova and Henry Martin, but if I really want to say it, it's gonna be Henry Martin. He needs to break this goal draw right now because if he does not get any goals right before the Liga starts, I feel like it's gonna be a tough time for him. Considering the offside, his goal that got caught now offside, his goal that got called off due to it for the ball not being in the backness, it just feels like from right from the get go. If Henry Martin can get himself open or just get on a one on one to challenge an FC Juarez um defender then so be it. He's going to need to be the one to get a goal going. An early goal is going to be crucial for this. I guess I can say we don't know how FC Quarza are going to be playing against us. So an early goal will be a good start for us from there and to just build up from there to see what we can do.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And like, you know, we just mentioned, you know, if we do get these chances and, and you know, to what we're alluding to is that Juarez is going to kind of, you know, take those punches in the beginning, uh, in the opening minutes of the match, then you're thinking, okay, Henry, this is a very good promising opportunity for you. And you talked about Cordoba and, and another player that I'm looking at is Leo. Two players that I need to be very creative and need to provide that assist to Henry and to Gio, but mainly Henry. And, and I think he needs to put these chances uh, away. You know, if he has one or two, then you know, that's got to be a goal at least because you don't want your start, your starting forward to be coming into the league uh, on quite the goal drought. I mean, granted, he has, what, six goals hmm. this season? Um, but when's the last time he scored, you know?
2: Whew! I cannot remember that from the top of my head, but it just seems like it's been a while. That's it, so, And that kind of just explains to so, the goal drought that Henry Martin's been on.
1: Yeah, so we need him to produce um just need a little bit more but uh talk to me a little bit more uh on, on how you're uh on how you're feeling now that we've kind of confirmed our lineup edward
0: well i mean i'd be lying if i said i was ecstatic about what you said but uh <laughs> no i mean it's it's what's expected well while you were telling me uh you mentioned that it's you know it's a four four two uh kind of i was i was actually going to ask you in terms of a more uh tactical analysis how how much does it change from because you know piojo is uh at least in in my mind he's he's famous you know from going to that five three two and then having those those uh backs trek up a lot uh you know he did that a lot with like paul aguilar and stuff like that uh how how has that you know transformed this season you know from how it doesn't look like he's using that line of five in the back but i would imagine a guy like casares probably drops down when you guys are on the offensive if if you want to like you know illuminate
1: yeah. me <laughs> yeah i i mean granted you know he's always known for this kind of this 532 and especially whenever he took the the mexican national team to the world cup um you know we we saw that but he, ever since his second uh, spell here at america he's kind of gone back to Kind of a more traditional four-four-two formation when it comes to America. Um, I, I think he's just kind of trying to stray away from that five-three two formation and kind of build on something new. Sometimes you'll see a four-four-two, sometimes you'll see a four-two-three-one. Um, he he'll he'll kind of vary it. This season he has had to play with the formation. Um, one because of tactical reasons, and two, because of, you know, uh squad depth and injuries and all that stuff. You know, we've seen the back five this season. Uh we've seen you know, just a, a bunch of combinations. But I think what's really worked for him so far has been kind of having those four defenders, having those four midfielders, and you know, chucking up two forwards or maybe one center attacking forward, and, and then a, a natural striker up top. It's it, it just varies. Um, I, I think what we will see on Friday is you're going to see a very uh, uh, a very free roaming Geo, Right? He's not going to be kind of a natural forward. He's going to be Kind of given the liberty to move left, move right, give Henry the option to just kind of, kind of, I'm not gonna say that they're the same player or they have the same roles here, but kind of what Lescano does for you guys, Henry Martin's kind of have to do for us. He's gonna have to get the ball, he's gonna have to hold it, and then he's gonna have to play it off to Gio, he's gonna have to play it off to Leo, he's gonna have to play it off um, to Cordoba, whoever it is that he plays it off to, but he has to have that kind of primary role of being the holding forward. And then Gio has more of the role of, OK, I got to be more of the creator. I have to be, you know, making opportunities happen for not just Henry, but I think for Leo running in and Cordula, who We know he likes to drift into the middle as well. Um, so at least from a tactical perspective, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting because you mentioned is. Most potent, most likely, will definitely drop because he has more of that center defensive mid role. And Richard Sanchez is given a little bit more of a liberty to say, "Okay, go push forward, be a little bit more adventurous, create something for us going forward." Um, but he he is a little bit strict in saying, "Okay, you know." Also, remember, there's defensive duties to do because we don't want to we don't want to give you guys as much of the midfield as possible. If we can close it out to you guys, that's exactly what we want to do. So, I mean.
0: Yeah, it, um, it's
1: gonna be an interesting perspective, tactically speaking.
0: Yeah, no, that the thing you mentioned about free roaming geo, I think that's actually something we can highlight and, and look for in this match because you know how you said how you guys changed. Uh ideally, us as a team, uh FC Juarez, you know, we in in defense we're usually a 4 4 2, and on offense we're a 4 2 3 1, but sometimes it could be like a 4 1 1 3 1, or you know, it changes, right. But, you know, with how you said with that case of Gio being kind of free roaming, uh, it's going to be interesting to see because when we do those those two lines of four, it does get really compact, that midfield. So if so Gio is going to have that free roaming, I'm interested to see how he picks out his spots to where he can create havoc because that's one thing we've really struggled with is, is def- er, attackers running behind the backs of our center backs. Uh, if Gio can kind of find that, sweet spot in between those those two lines of four and then hit it to martin i think that's something to look out for because it's definitely been a weakness for us
1: well if we're talking about weaknesses now i think the one thing that is going to kind of you guys are going to be able to pry on in regards to america is the fact that our defense whilst yes it looked very good against and we're all shocked at that the fact that it did i think that the right player like Aliscano, will be able to open up and be able to cause havoc because I think we've known, we know that I mean, Emmanuel Aguilera isn't the most reliable center back. Uh, Cáceres isn't a hundred percent, you know, just yet. Uh, you know, Miguel has also confirmed that, that, you know, he's looking forward to these kind of, uh, to this big break because then his center backs are going to be more at a hundred percent, you know, and, and his midfield is going to be a little bit better, uh, Mm -hmm a little bit more sharper. So, uh, you know, it, it does worry. I mean, you know, you guys have some pace um, and Fuentes isn't the fastest defender either. So, I mean, if you guys can catch us on break in the transition, you're going to find George uh pretty high up on the pitch. You're going to find yourself a left back that is uh on the wrong side of 30 and not the fastest player either. Uh, and you're going to go up against two center backs that I think still haven't gelled 100% and aren't even 100% Just match they fit ready so it it will it will be interesting to see you know because I think both defenses are a little bit on on the weak points of both teams which I think will promise for a very entertaining game at least in regards to chances created I don't know if there will be as many goals as we maybe intend them to be but I, I, I think there definitely will be chances for both teams
0: yeah no that's I think you know what you said exactly one of the things that uh, for us, you know, one of the big differences from Clausura 2022 to Guardianes is that in Clausura our transitions were a lot quicker, so we were able to use that speed. And this year, they they just haven't been the same. And you know that can be attributed to a lot of many factors. At, at least for me, you can go with factor one and then go to one A, one B, one C. But factor one is not having Diego Roland. and that that's that's the biggest one for us right now. That's really hindered us. And you know, because for example, a player like Fabian, right? He game-changing player right he's he hasn't scored yet but he's made some plays that you're like wow well you know this is why this is why we brought this guy like this is why he has the the quality he has right but you know he doesn't have that speed he doesn't have that one-on-one ability with him you're kind of going for that free-ranging 10 who constructs plays finds the pass build on his experience right so this is going to be a game where you know a game like a player like Mauro Fernandez right he's going to have to you know, beat, uh, get behind those, those. You know, you know, like Luis Fuentes, for example, right? Get behind him, make some sort of play. 60-minute uh, and onward, Eddie Castillo, right? Bring him on, have him use his pace to make some type of difference. I think that's something interesting to look for. And it's one of those, you know, kind of the the game inside of the game, right? See how, like, the game's developing and see, all right, what do we do? What happens? Uh, where can we beat them? Obviously, I think, you know, Lescano's going to, infuriate you guys because he is infuriating if, if you play him with you know how many times he falls and, and calls for a foul and and how he gets on a center back's nerves but I think in spite of that or in spite of something that he does to you know kind of hold up place so the team can uh, establish their formation it's going to be interesting to see just how those uh, wings kind of play out right especially because I, I mean even I mean I can't tell you who's going to start in the wings so we might go for a more conservative side that tries to play the ball Or you might try to go for more speed, right? And, you know, either one of those, see how it plays to to your guys' left and right back.
1: Well, it definitely will be an interesting one. And you guys can catch this game on Friday, live via the N. It's going to be at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Again, that is going to be live through Through the N. And for whatever reason, you're not going to be able to watch that. Make sure you guys head over to our Twitter account at Eagle Eye Podcast. We'll be live tweeting the whole game so you guys don't miss a second of the action at all. All right, gentlemen, we've come to the end of the podcast, but before we wrap things up, I do want to ask for your guys' predictions. And so, as courtesy, give me your prediction, Edward. America versus Juarez Juarez versus America. Excuse me. What do you think is going to go down on Friday?
0: You guys are going to say I'm biased, even though I'm wearing the shirt, right? But... (laughs)
1: Hey, it's all part of it.
0: <laughs> one zero Lescano, so one, one, one zero, zero. One zero Lescano, because he's he's the whole team. I'm not even gonna say Juárez. One zero Lescano.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Uh, he's, he's, he's definitely he's definitely a handful. So I could see uh, I could see him definitely causing a lot of trouble, and I could definitely see you guys getting the goal. AJ, your prediction for uh, for Friday? Are you going to be as adventurous as always, or are you going to be a little bit more conservative?
2: No. I ain't going with 3-0. I ain't going with 3-0, like I said, for every time. So, no. But I'm going to say 2-1. 2-1. Yeah. Two goals from Henry Martin and one goal from um, Lescano FC, from Dario Lescano.
1: All right. Well, it's kind of all over the pitch on, in this one, apparently. Uh, so we have 1-0 to Juarez. We have 2-1 to America. And uh, I'm going to be a little stickler as well and call me bias as well if you want to. But I'm going uh, I'm going America 1 and Juarez 0. I think it's important that this team gets a clean sheet at the end of the season. I think it will boast well for the defense. Um, I, I think it's going to be a very very tough uh, battled match on the pitch. I do see a lot of chances coming up. I don't expect a lot of goals to happen, but it, I mean, we might be proven wrong. We might just see like a 6-4 game. You never know. You know, it's just... <laughs> one can dream. Happen? <laughs> yeah, one can dream. But uh yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Although, I do hope that we get a really good match. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, Liga Meki is going to Liga Meki, so you never really know what's going <laughs> to happen. So, uh yeah. No, it's been... Mm, It's going to be an interesting one. You guys definitely do not want to miss this one. And we know we definitely will be watching and seeing how our team can definitely close out the season and get into the league form that we hope that they can get into, even despite everything that's been going on in our season. We could still maybe clinch that second spot and uh, hopefully look at a very, very promising league run. All righty then that pretty much does it for this. Unless you guys have anything else to add on in regards to this game. I don't think so. looks like we're all thumbs up here. Okay. Well, um, I just want to say Edward, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Again, it's been a pleasure. You've brought us some very good FC Juarez insight. Um, and you know, best of luck to you and your team on Friday.
0: Uh, Thanks for having me guys. And and hopefully, you know, that best of luck for my team is a win. So.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll (laughs) have to wait and see, but, uh, yes, no, it's, uh, it's been good. And, um, just can't wait to have you on the podcast again. Maybe we'll see yourselves in the year.
0: Maybe, maybe. Hopefully, hopefully.
1: Hopefully. All righty then, man. Well, if you guys haven't uh, already, make sure you guys go uh, check him out uh, over on in Twitter. Where can they find you on Twitter for everyone who's listening right now?
0: Caballos Juarez, capital C, capital J. Uh, just tweet about a, bunch of th- about a bunch of things, including FC Juarez and, you know, a lot of my interest on there. Just try to open it up, but also kind of keep it you know, based to the team, uh, the team I love and support.
1: All right. Well, most definitely check him out. He's doing some great work covering Juarez. And if it wasn't for COVID, he definitely would have been at that game on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, most definitely
1: all right then well aj thank you so much for coming out i know you're a very busy man uh best of luck to you and all your endeavors over there in brooklyn we'll be back to talk all things lady aguilas on thursday so you guys don't want to miss any of that action and uh our two sides just met each other not so long ago in the feminine side of things and guess what america ended up winning 1-0 although it was in the pretty the game of the ladies i'll tell oh. you that much so you guys want to hear how that went make sure you guys tune in on thursday we'll be recapping all of that and the game against lucas so again don't want to miss a second of it. Thank you to everyone that's been watching. Thank you to our sponsors, Footcall, for, again, sponsoring us and making this even more of an adventure. And thank you to everyone that's listening. Uh, you know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, but we hope that it's for the best. All right. So we'll see you guys very soon. As always, take care. Wear your mask. Stay safe. We'll see you guys on the next one. And as always, Arriba América. Good night, everyone.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.